The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, the concerns and the warnings that have been put out by Alberta Health Services about the number of opioid-related deaths um, during the pandemic and the fact that uh, within the past couple of weeks, there's been a number, a large number actually, of uh, carfentanil-related deaths being reported. I uh, wanted to dial up Mason Schindel. He is a, a neuroscience student at the University of Alberta, who founded the Fentanyl Project last year. Wanted to find out a little bit more about that project and uh, the reason behind it. Mason, welcome to the show. Hi, Jalen. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining me. First off, how was, uh, you know, the last uh, few months of school for you during the pandemic with the switch to online? What did that look like? It was definitely strange, that's for sure. Um, Just lots of (laughs) PowerPoint presentations, just trying to stay focused. I think a lot of students were struggling with that, but hopefully we can get back to classes come winter semester. Yeah, fingers crossed for you. Um, So here's the thing. Uh, You founded the Fentanyl Project uh, last year, if I remember correctly. Tell us a little bit about it. Why did you do it first off and what does it do? Right. So the Fentanyl Project, it's a relatively new student-led organization at the University of Alberta. We started in 2018, uh, although we are now expanding to three other universities in British Columbia. But uh, the underlying motivation for me to start the Fentanyl Project derives, unfortunately, from personal experiences with the fentanyl epidemic. So when the fentanyl epidemic was kind of or at least when fentanyl and other synthetic opioids were starting to uh, first starting to entrench it, themselves in Alberta in and around 2013-2014, uh, I lost a close friend to an overdose. And around that same time, a close family member of mine also became addicted to fentanyl. And the only reason that individual is still alive today is because of naloxone. So those two events were really big motivating factors for me to start this initiative. And as a group, our main function really is to provide naloxone training. So I'm sure Dr. Hishka touched upon this, but um, we basically teach campus and community members how to identify and respond to an opioid overdose. So this includes being able to recognize the symptoms of an opioid overdose, learning how to perform rescue breathing, and how to inject naloxone. Uh, And because we are a registered naloxone distribution site with Alberta Health Services, we provide free naloxone kits after training. Um, But aside from naloxone training, we also received a grant from Healthy Campus Units uh, this year to develop sort of a fentanyl test kit innovation that will hopefully allow individuals who use substances to test their drugs for the presence of fentanyl in a really user-friendly way. Well, and that's one of the things, you know, Dr. Hishka, you know, talked about as well. And one of the things that they urge people um, who are are using drugs is to do a, a test sample first. Again, you know, we talk about, you know, starting, you know, very low and, and, and going slow. But in the case of things like fentanyl or carfentanil, it takes a very, very little amount um, to have a very, very awful outcome. So that that aspect of, of the of the project is um, it, it, that's just going to be another another key in all of this, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, fentanyl test kits. They definitely won't be the the uh, the solution or the cure to the no. overdose crisis. But uh, I think if we add those to a greater harm reduction package, whether that be safe consumption sites or naloxone training and naloxone kits, I think it'll definitely help. 
Mason, what has the reaction been to, uh, you know, on campus um, about this project and about the work that you're doing? Is there a lot of interest in it? Do you have a lot of people saying, hey, I want to I wanna get trained on this. I want to make sure I have one of these, uh, one of these kits uh, nearby? Yeah, definitely. There's, uh, I think there's a lot of people that have similar stories to me, and they're very uh, interested and motivated to play some sort of role in blunting the effects of the current overdose crisis. So we've, uh, as a group, we've basically trained all of the residence staff on campus, but we also get a lot of messages from Greek organizations on campus, so fraternities, sororities, as yep. well as a lot of student organizations or just individuals who are just interested in, in getting uh, naloxone training and having a kit on the person. Do you, do you have any idea, I'm going to put you on the spot here with this question, I think, Mason, but I'm wondering, you know, as far as use among students um, at the university, what, what those numbers would look like? So, unfortunately, I don't have that data handy. However, uh, if I remember correctly, actually, one of the researchers at the University of Alberta, Dr. Cameron Wild, I think is his name, I believe he he played a, a part in sort of this large study that was assessing the use of uh, not just opioids, but sort of all drugs uh, on yeah. camps or universities in, in Alberta. And uh, I can't remember the exact number, but I will mention that there are definitely students uh, on uni- at universities in Canada that are uh, using opioids, whether that be um, pharmaceutical opioids that have been prescribed or illicit opioids. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting too because whenever we have this conversation, Mason, I get people saying, "Well, they're they're drug addicts, they're 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 druggies. They shouldn't be using this stuff in the first place." You know, you play a dangerous game. Well, you know, you're going to get burned once in a while, guaranteed. There's there's someone out there saying that right now, but the fact of the matter is, is that we know that. As I, as I mentioned, with, with fentanyl, with, with carfentanil and, and that sort of thing, that it's a, a very, very small amount that can cause a lot of danger. And, and, and some people might not be addicted to these drugs, but they could be using them as a party drug. And, um, and, and, and we know that's a fact. And, and I think that's an important point to make and and certainly I think it's important for my listeners to know that but also for the kids who are the kids and the adults let's put it that way who are using it um, and you don't know what it's going to get mixed with um, uh, you know to party with that there's there's a lot of danger there could be danger there don't you think they like they need to know that of course yeah and I think that's kind of one of the the, the driving factors behind um, my group's um, uh, desire to construct these fentanyl test kits because my my friend that I lost in, in high school is a perfect example of that. He was not uh, intending to use opioids. He wasn't addicted to opioids. You know, he was 19 years old. So a lot of kids in our age demographic are experimenting with party drugs, whether it be MDMA or cocaine or y- you name it. And uh, uh, it just so happens that um, unfortunately the drugs that he got were bad and had um, some sort of synthetic opioid in them. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and I just think that's really important that that people have their their the, they that they realize that. There was a quote in this article um that I thought was really interesting and it was from Aaron Walker, a pharmacist who manages the University Health uh, Center pharmacy. He says, "For people who say I don't need a, a, a naloxone kit, I don't use opioids. This crisis does not affect me. Those statements are becoming less and less true." Would you agree with what he said? Definitely. Unfortunately, the the opioid crisis and the overdose crisis in general, it's 
it's it's not necessarily getting better, and especially with the emergence of uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, it's it's actually getting mm-hmm. worse. I'm sure Dr. Hishka also touched upon that, but uh, I think opioid related overdose deaths have actually doubled in the past like month or two months uh, in Alberta. Mason, before I let you go, do you know um, if, uh, you know, at the University of Alberta or with any of the folks that you have trained on these naloxone kits over the past couple of years, have lives been saved? Unfortunately, I don't have access to that information okay. because if the naloxone kits are used, that uh, that sort of information would go towards Alberta Health Services and they don't share ah, that information okay. with us. However, um, if I am providing naloxone training and someone brings in a naloxone kit that has been used, that, that would be the only time that I would get yeah. that information. But unfortunately, uh, I don't have that information. Well, you know what, Mason, good on you for starting this project. I'm sorry that it started, the, you know, the roots that it had. I'm sorry for, for the loss of your friend and, and, and of your family member. But uh, you're doing good work and your team is doing good work and important work. And I, and I thank you for that. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. If people want to find out more, where can they find out more about it? So they can uh, check out our website. It's just thefentanylproject.ca. And I believe that's the same handle that we have on Facebook and Instagram. So just the Fennel Project is the handle. All right. Super, Mason. Thank you for this and uh, best of luck with your studies, okay? Thank you. You betcha. That is Mason Schindel joining me this afternoon. He he founded this project um, a couple of years ago, and he's doing work and helping to make sure that um, you know folks at uh, the campus at the U of A are are trained in how to use an naloxone kit. And again, and I think it's really important to remember. I think I think we have ideas in our heads about people who um, who use drugs, and I think oftentimes that. Uh, they're mistaken that I think you 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 picture a, a certain you just you picture a certain person or you picture a certain lifestyle and oftentimes we're wrong in that and we know that the opioid crisis in North America has has grown dramatically over the past two decades uh, and we have seen um, prescriptions being written for opioids willy-nilly. We have seen um, programs put in place to try to curb that. We have seen, um, you know, all levels of government trying to, to change that to make sure that they're, that these drugs aren't being abused. And I think it's just really important that when, when we're talking about this, that you might realize that it could be your kid who's at a party. It could be uh, your next door neighbor. It could be um, your doctor, maybe your teacher. Who knows? You just never know. And so um, the less we play the blame game uh, when it comes to this and say, oh, well, you know, well, they shouldn't have done it in the first place and have maybe a little bit better understanding about the reasons how... Um, someone started using, or maybe, like I said, maybe it's a first time, you know, uh, high school, par- high school, you guys, um, could be college, could be university, that uh, oh, I'm going to try something for the first time. And, you know, sometimes it can be the last time.